Today on Laura Lynn and Friends. We've asked for the job hazard analysis and again, non-answers and it's all referring back to the Public Health Agency of Canada, but you can refer back to them all you want. You're my employer. You're responsible for my safety and you've put in a policy that may injure me or may fatally injure me. So you must have a process in place in order for me to follow. What if I do get injured by the thing you told me to take? Well, hello everyone. I'm Laurel and Tyler Thompson and welcome to the last days. It's good to be with you today. Uh, so much going on, so many people in the fight of their lives. Uh, so much has changed in our world. We had absolutely no idea what was gonna hit. We didn't know what 2020 would bring, 2021, 2022. Uh, we had uh, a little video that I was watching that was saying, you know, that they basically would like to keep us uh, social distancing and in masks forever. Well, that's not my idea of a good time. You also may have heard that Deborah Burks, who was on the uh, task force to bring in the vaccines, now says she was right beside Fauci. She now says they knew that the vaccines wouldn't be effective. They knew it wouldn't be effective. They just rushed them through. Who knows why these people do what they do. Now we find out we've got uh, close to 30,000 deaths on the VAERS reports in in uh, the USA, over uh, 30,000 deaths on the VAERS reports in the UK, and myocarditis, all kinds of strokes, things like this that are happening to kids. And we're finding out that now over 140 kids have died after taking this shot. It's dangerous. What is going on? Why is it so difficult? So people all over the place are fighting. They're fighting to keep their jobs. They're fighting to have strong environments and positive workplaces where they choose bodily autonomy, my body, my choice, and they choose to remain unvaccinated and healthy. Um, Dr. Paul Alexander recently reporting on the latest findings that after the third and fourth shots, your immunity system is shot. Nobody banked on that. A lot of people now saying, I shouldn't have done it. I should have waited. But with all of that fear out there, with all of the things that the government told you you wouldn't be able to do, many people succumbed and they took this shot that has now potentially permanently damaged their immune system. We're finding that cancers are up. There's also about a 20% increase in deaths worldwide for unknown causes. It's not from COVID. I wonder what could be bringing that on. I'm not certain, but every single day we're here, we're bringing you the truth and we've got some good stuff to show you at the end of the show. And so I know you're gonna um, wait around, stick around for that. And in the meantime, I wanna bring on an amazing young woman. Her name is Josie Marie. And she has been standing up for her position and to have the right to choose what goes into her body. And there's a whole group of them and so, Josie, welcome to the show. I know that you work for Canada Post, I believe. 
and you live in Ottawa, is my understanding. And so thank you for coming and sharing a battle that you have been in. We really want to hear the process and the journey that has happened since we all found out that the world was experiencing something called COVID and it changed everything. So tell us about Canada Post, whom we rely on to have our wonderful little letters and special bill packages delivered to our homes. We appreciate what you all do uh, and, and all of the folks that make it all happen, but there has been some challenges that have happened because of what we've been facing. Welcome to the show, Josie. What's, what's been happening? Thank you so much, Laura Lynn. Um, I mean, what's been happening is really uh, a story that I wanted to share today, not right from the beginning, but, you know, um, we leading up to until uh, October and September of 2021, um, you know, there was no uh, steady announcement made about any mandates that it was kind of foggy, it was kind of a gray area. So, a lot of us were really surprised uh, when they decided to implement this and, and how they were going to implement it. So um, I think some of us, a lot like myself, who work uh, in an office for Canada Post and, and um, are not carriers, uh, just didn't actually think that it was going to be a real uh, exercise that they would actually put people on leave without pay for this. And, you know, specifically myself, like, uh, women in childbearing years uh, with very good reasons to want to uh, hold off on something like this. Uh, it just seemed very strange. And actually, a lot of uh, Posties for Freedom uh, members found themselves asking themselves the same question as me is, uh, do I want to do this right now? Because, you know, uh, like I said, being in childbearing years is different for women. And I'm sure that men have their own reasons why. Uh, you know, they would want to make the choice for their own body as well. Uh, but obviously I'm a woman, so I relate to that as well. Um, so we came together in November. We formed this group called Proceeds for Freedom. We started having calls and just, um, you know, just being there for each other and sharing and trying to make something good out of this, you know, situation where we felt we were really being coerced and forced. And that leads to really depressive uh, states of mind. Uh, so we really just came together, uh, myself and a few other postal workers that I met uh, online and just decided let's start a group. And, and so we did. We started our website and we started sharing information. And at first it was, uh, you know, it was wonderful. Uh, but then what started happening is employees really started coming to us for information because the information that was being put out by the employer was so confusing. Uh, they only gave you certain options. And then what if you don't fit in those options? What if you're one of those people that just doesn't fit in one of those three categories? And what if there's a special circumstance? And what if, you know, and so we, a lot of us just wondered how this was going to be pulled off. And, and also the short amount of time in which they, they, they made this process was, was really uh, impressive. Let's just leave it at that. Um, so, you know, just to give you a bit of context, like at Canada Post, we have management employees and union employees. So management employees were, uh, office employees were sent home back in March of 2020. So we were already segregated from the rest of the workforce. And so when the rest of the workforce was, you know, 
put under the mask mandate. Um, even a lot of us just didn't even know that, to be honest, unless you worked in a plant or a depot, we didn't really know that they were enforcing these masks on people. So again, just the segregation worked really well um, at the beginning and going into the mandate still, uh, postal workers are, or, sorry, union members are a bit hesitant to talk to management employees. This is a culture that Canada Post has fostered for a very long time, even before COVID. Uh, but either way, so we all came together as management, whatever kind of employee you were, we just wanted to help. And what morphed out of it was, you know, people started, you know, playing around with the attestation lines. So uh, when this was implemented, you were expected to call a 1-800 number. So if you didn't call the 1-800 number, you were labeled non-compliant. And you were told that you are going to be put on leave without pay if you don't comply. And if you did comply, you would be allowed to test, you would be allowed to work, you would be allowed all of the you know, work benefits, but if you didn't, you would not. So right away, right off the bat, this process was discriminatory because unless you call the 1-800 number, you don't even get a chance to work, right? And that's not wow. part of a lot of our work uh, contracts when we started. I started in 2008. so. This is definitely not part of the org contract when I started. Right. Um, right. I wanted to add, so, Josie, that uh, yep. um, if I could, uh, you mentioned being of childbearing age and all of that. I mean, the, the, the facts are that it's so important to not be coercive or uh, for a company to not be seen to be manipulating a person to take a medical any kind of medical, um, well, a shot or medicine or an unproved because it's unproven, it's still in testing. Uh, do, you, do you think that uh, anyone is aware that employees in the world, there's beginning to be lawsuits that are coming out now against employers, especially after harms were done? When we're finding out that the, uh, we just talked about this yesterday on the show, we had a clip that ran in my afternoon show and uh, doctors stating that the, the spontaneous abortions, so uh, stillbirths and babies that are not completing the full birthing in their mothers, it's, it's up like 80%. And it's, it's a shocking amounts. So after vaccine, this is what's happening. Also infertility, um, all kinds of things are happening that of course nobody knew because it hasn't been tested. So how does the world begin asking people and telling people that you get this or you're non-compliant or uh, you're you, you know, you're not going along with the program. I mean, it really has put a lot of people in a very difficult position. Yep, I personally know myself quite a few postal workers who were pregnant or newly pregnant when this mandate was implemented. And luckily, I, I, I don't have any uh, negative reports to make about these women, but I do believe it's because these women chose to go outside of the process of compliance. And, uh, you know, Unfortunately, these women were put on leave without pay, and even you know a couple of them were not uh, good for them. Were not were not approved for a short term disability because 
you know, if you said, if you dared say to a doctor that you have a mandate being implemented in the workplace, you would not be, you would not, uh, this was not a, a good reason to go, uh, to be stressed. This was not a good reason to be depressed. This was not a good reason to fear anything. And you were just dismissed. Wow. Unbelievable. And so, and so can continue with, uh, how, how you proceeded then. Right. So after we started the group uh, in December, we started noticing that we were getting information from our members like, oh, if I attest to the same um, status over and over. So meaning if I attested to an accommodations for religion or medical, uh, you know, uh, even after I'm denied, I can still you know, work uh, because it's a 1-800 number. It's a toll free number. So the process for uh, for you to be uh, denied has not registered in the phone line. So that phone line controlled everything. So if you wanted to reattest six times a day, you could. So a lot of postal workers came on our calls and shared this with us. And a lot of employees were able to continue working for a longer period because of that. So when we say continue working, we say because it was literally an everyday thing. You don't know if you were gonna be let into the workplace by your supervisor or not because you may have been on the non-compliant list. And so it created this, this sort of um, unfair uh, atmosphere and, and it, it, it fostered this, this, this notion that again, unless you call the 1-800 number, you're, you're just, you're nothing, even though you may have been at this place for 30 some years. Uh, also, through our research, we got some interesting information. So um, we looked up who uh, owns the 1-800 number, which employees had to provide an attestation on. And it seems to us like Amazon owns that number. And a lot of us were wondering how a different company could own the 1-800 number, which we're storing such private information on. So even if you do decide to comply with the process, how do you know that this information is not being sent somewhere for anybody to look at or anybody to analyze, right? Because it's a toll-free number, so there's not somebody on the other end. So that data goes somewhere and it's stored somewhere. Um, and so, you know, I sent, personally, I sent a few emails to Canada Post asking them for answers as to why Amazon would own this 1-800 number. I asked them, how come a third party a company like ADECO was collecting the data of employees who were requesting an accommodations. So if you requested a religious or a medical accommodation, you would have this random person calling you and they would identify as, you know, Bob from CP and they would give you very little information and they would be asking you things like, oh, you're asking for an accommodation based on religion, based on medical. So it just became very clear to us that uh, the the process was was a bit, we didn't understand the full process and we just have, we still don't know the answer to these questions. Uh, but it's just very strange that, uh, you know, that a process would be so private, respecting employees' privacy, but then you have two third-party companies involved uh, in this process. So I, I have some concerns around that. That and is I think really bizarre. And, and mm -hmm. uh, about the number, did you guys check, like, uh, and ask the company, hey, this number goes to Amazon or whatever? Um, 
Did you check it out and ask, did anyone have an answer? Yeah, I sent them an email. I asked them very specifically. I said, you know, how come Amazon seems to own the 1-800 number which employees are providing their attestation on? How come Adeco is the company like collecting the data of anybody asking for an accommodation? Because if you're asking for an accommodation, you're asking for it for a reason. It's, you're you're not vaccinated and if it's you're private. asking for an accommodation. Right, exactly. And right. my question to them was, how can you ensure that all this privacy is, or all my private information is being kept private when there's a Deco and Amazon involved in this process? And and you know how how can you promise that this is this is safe and that this is private? And I never got a response to my emails. I mean, a lot of people experience that though. Right. Right. Yeah, it's been so interesting, the silence, uh, you know, around asking questions, the silence uh, in the whole world, the, the whole world. It's just not okay to ask questions anymore. It's not okay to say, is this safe? Um, you know, uh, five doctors have all died in Canada in a two-week period. Why? What's going on? It seems like mainstream media doesn't want to ask obvious questions. Kids are having heart attacks now. Myocarditis is a big deal. In fact, um, I'm just uh, looking at Epic Times. They just had an exclusive on uh, the CDC claims the link between heart inflammation and COVID-19 vaccines wasn't known. And then lo and behold, uh, that claim that the link wasn't known is provably false. Barbara Lowe Fisher, co-founder and president of the National Vaccine Information Center, told the Epic Times via email that either the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing, and it seems like nobody's asking these questions. And then in the end, uh, if they knew that there was a lot of harms that were coming, uh, they could easily just say, we didn't know, and months later, how are you, you, know, how are you supposed to put it all together? but they do have communications and whatnot and it, they're finding out that myocarditis was you know very high on a list of concerns and but the, they didn't really come out telling the public that off the bat you know about what was going on but it is just i know it's a completely different issue than the phone it's just that it's so uh, the the world has gotten so complex in asking questions i myself have been you know, hunting down what happened with uh, the, the claim that there's 13 babies that were born, stillborn in a hospital in the British Columbia area. And the hospital is giving me the runaround. Why don't they just say, no, that never happened? Or That's did right. it? Why can't you just tell the truth? What's going on? You know, so I, I, I digress. Uh, keep telling me your story. Well, it's really relatable what you just said, because like I said, we have been asking questions and we do not receive any answers. We receive non-answers if we receive some. And that's not just from the corporation, it's from the union as well. It's a hot potato that nobody wants to be holding. Um, so I guess a, a couple of things I wanted to share with you and your viewers was that shortly after the mandate was implemented we noticed um that the case numbers were going through the roof now uh, every federal employee or sorry every federal entity was tasked to track their covid cases and we have all of this information cases rose over a thousand percent after the mandate was implemented which meant that any employee who was 
you know, technically non-compliant with the process was not present in the workplace. And even after that happened, that was not an indication to the union or the corporation that maybe, um, you know, the people were put out that shouldn't have been put out because if your cases rose a thousand percent, you had to shut down shift after shift after the mandate was implemented. That should have been data that was used to go back to, you know, the person who wanted this implemented across the world or across the country and say, this is not this is not working out the way that, that you said it was going to work out. <laughs> Um, so, you know, we really feel that, 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 you know, at the start of all this was just implemented, like, it was obvious that this was never about health and safety, never about, uh, people being kept safe at work, because if it was knowing that there was some injuries with this and what there is with any vaccine, when you implement a health and safety policy in a federal, uh, workplace, you have to have checks and balances. You can't just... You can't just tell people you have to wear those boots. You have to use this stool. You you can't just do that. You have to do risk assessment. You have to do job hazard analysis. You have to weigh the risk. You have to weigh the risk and the benefit of implementing something that may injure an employee. And then when your injury rate goes up, you have to revise your processes. You have to look at your company and say, okay, where are my injuries happening? And so we're none of those steps were, were were done and we've asked for those steps we've asked for the risk assessment um we've asked for the job hazard analysis and again non-answers and it's all referring back to the public health agency of canada but you can refer back to them all you want you're my employer you're responsible for my safety and you've put in a policy that may injure me or may fatally injure me so you must have a process in place in order for me to follow. What if I do get injured by the thing you told me to take? What if I do? Then what's my course of action? And I think there's about 40 questions on the, on the Canada Post uh, policy website of FAQs. And not one question says, if you're hurt or injured, do this. Not one. And that's against all health and safety guidelines and health and safety is very important. It's section two of the labor code. This is what makes things very illegal right now. The section two of the labor code is not being respected and, and is just being, you know, painted over with these mandates. Um, so I think there was a lot of folks that Canada Post that felt like we had the opportunity in November, even if we would have just been the few hundred that we were, to do a work refusal across the board and to you know launch an investigation into what we think this is dangerous this is a hazard that they've implemented into the workplace as personal protective equipment and they have not followed the steps to implement this this should have been full stop 100 percent, 100 percent and as the data is coming out, I know uh, Dr. Paul Alexander just put out on his Substack today that uh, it's looking more and more like the those that have refused the vaccines and have refused um, all of the the pressures are in a much better position because their um, immune systems are working well 
and now COVID is becoming less and less of an issue. In fact, countries around the world are a full board moving straight ahead, except for Canada, of course, where we have arrived can. We're the only ones now doing this right from the top from, uh, you know, from our prime minister that is implementing the harshest rules to travel of anywhere in the entire world and all for no reason at all. And I'm pretty excited that mainstream media is at actually asking some questions on that because it affects them if they want to go on vacation or they want to get back in the country. Oh, it affects them. So now they're going to start really putting the pressure on about that. But um, this this has not been safe. Dr. Peter McCullough, um, a world-renowned heart specialist, has spoken over and over about the harms that have taken place. They have sounded the alarm. This has been untested properly. It is still in testing and now we're implementing it and we want our children to be getting these vaccines. As in Canada, we've now seen deaths post-vaccine um, in, in little kids and it's just horrendous. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I think that the more that people turn their backs, especially unions, especially employers, and just implement policies that don't have the, the scientific backing or that without asking questions, without doing what the people are doing, uh, we're going to end up more and more in this situation. And I'm really hoping that today I can reach a lot of folks um, and share that, you know, we think that at, at, at Posties for Freedom, we've seen a, we've seen a pattern with uh, lately with our with our colleagues, and and I want to get back to our our, our arbitration um, after. But we've seen a pattern with our colleagues that um, kind of knew that some of us were were on leave without pay for seven plus months, and have come back to the workplace. It's quite obvious when those people come back to the workplace why they were off. Um, so it's almost like those who are a bit curious or a bit on the fence are are are, are a bit latching on to our postal um, for posties for freedom members and and starting to ask questions but we need more of that because we need more employees to understand that this is against not only our 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 our, our laws but it's also against our human rights it's not just you know, uh, a lot of people right now are doing human rights violation, human rights lawsuits, but they have to be coupled with with the health and safety uh, uh, aspect of, of the of the legal system, because if they're not, it's very difficult to uh, to paint human rights and in, in the severity. But because Canadians have fought so hard for that Occupational Health and Safety Act, we have to use it. We have to realize that this is one of the many tools we have uh, to to uh, use against the government, against their own processes. And, you know, it, it kind of goes back also to uh, the unions and arbitration and everything like they are supposed to uh, do certain things when um, whenever they make a change or whenever an employer wants to change something in the employment contract, they're supposed to hold votes, they're supposed to you know, follow a process. You know, some would say that arguably when the corporation went ahead without providing a testing option to employees who did not want to disclose their vaccination status, meaning that 
um, they didn't provide even an option for employees who didn't want to apply. So you either comply or you don't comply. So, um, you know, we, we put the pressure on the union to do a cease and desist and uh, an arbitration um, was held in April. So the cease and desist was given in November on November 18th to the corporation from uh, the, the, the union. And the expert or witness that they were using is Colin Furness, who is a, you know, very opinionated and in my opinion, biased on vaccinations and has, in my opinion, been very open about that um, on his Twitter account. And a lot of the membership of the union was very confused as to why this person would be used to defend their human rights, to defend their safety in the workplace when this person is so obviously uh, for vaccine, for mandates, uh, you know, he he threw up tweets about the Toronto Police Union, or sorry, the Toronto uh, Police Association, uh, saying that they don't want um, a vaccination requirement for officers. Uh, it's a perverse form of equity. Now, absolutely, everybody has a good reason to fear the police. Uh, he's just he. It's very obvious where his stance is um, with you know, vaccination mandates. And it's very obvious. So he's so literally saying, he's literally saying, please share vaccination, vaccination participation is a requirement or whatever that last one. Yeah, is vital and people deserve a full understanding. So and this is the fellow you're saying was supposed to be defending your position. That's right. He was supposed to be defending the membership that pays over $70 million a year in union dues to be represented by this union. And he was hired and we're going to try to find out how much he was paid, but he was hired to come in and be the expert to defend employees who wanted a choice. Wow. That is, that is really shocking. I, I, I don't see how that's good. Do you know what it's almost like as we go through these, um, it's almost like the Coca-Cola union who did the same thing and had the absolute worst, um, the, the, the worst uh, representation, not even bringing before the arbitrator any valuable information on the fact that, uh, that, you know, that there's harms with vaccines. And so th that is really funny. Um, and Coca-Cola employees complained about the same thing. And in fact, the arbitrator uh, said, well, you haven't given me any evidence that vaccines are harmful, but you're trying to present a case in defense of those who don't want to get the vaccine. Uh, this, this is very, it seems to be happening in a lot of places. I don't understand it. Yeah, it's almost like it's rigged or it's almost like it's pre-decided what's going to happen with these with these arbitrations. But I mean, who, who am I to judge? <laughs> right. How do you know? <laughs> exactly. I get it. Wow. Um, wow. Even even more frustrating, they continued to use this expert through the arbitration. So again, he was used for the cease and desist, which which failed, and then he was used for other arbitration. And now the union just continues to point to this loss in arbitration to say, "Oh well, you know, it was decided." So we, we tried. Can't help. We, can't we tried. Anything. We did our best work. 
Oh, you know, was there Dr. Byron Bridal's report, which I have to say is stellar, is 362 pages of very damning, irrefutable evidence on what the vaccines are doing and have done. Uh, Dr. Paul Alexander has two small reports. These are, are reports that can now be received and put before courts because they're beginning to be used across the country in courts to, uh, to educate judges. Uh, a judge doesn't know anything more about vaccine injury than you or I do because um, this is a brand new thing. They have to be informed. And so these arbitrators and defense lawyers have to be, you know, the kind that are willing to put themselves out. I think part of the problem, Josie, as I see it, if I might say, after having, I've had now the uh, pilots on and um, a couple of other uh, groups that are fighting for their employment and all of them, it, it does seem that it's politically incorrect. Even lawyers are embarrassed. They do not want the case where they have to try to defend someone who's an anti-vaxxer, probably a racist and a bigot. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's just, it's, it's a completely ridiculous thing that's happening now in our country. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense and really it's bullying and it's anti-science and it's a lack of critical thinking, which is shocking. When did we lose the ability to think through something rather than just taking what mainstream media, by the way, has been paid millions of dollars to promote? This is all about the money. Dr. Dina Henshaw, she got a salary of $360,000 uh, last year. Then. She got $19,000 bonus on top of that, adding up to over 250,000 or something uh, by the end of the year. Um, th these people are making the money and then they're like, where are we gonna get money for healthcare? Well, your salaries for starters, you know, maybe you could save a few lives uh, with, with that. And then all the silencing on really cheap drugs that work. Um, uh, just one rant that I'll do Josie, cause it drives me crazy all of the misinformation on hydroxychloroquine. Um, yep. I noted that something was really wrong when they came out. Donald Trump mentions hydroxychloroquine and because people didn't like him or whatever, then everybody's like, oh no, it's gonna kill you. And you know, and ivermectin be, became the horse dewormer when there's been people mm -hmm. ivermectin for decades. It's so stupid. Even my nurse didn't know that. The nurse that was caring for my father who had COVID pneumonia didn't know that. How did I cure my dad who looked like he was on death's door when I arrived? I was on vacation in Costa Rica. I got ivermectin and I already had hydroxychloroquine because I uh, have been diagnosed with lupus and the drug that my doctor told me to take 16 years ago was hydroxychloroquine. Do you know what he said to me, Josie? He said, this is a miracle drug. We do not know why it works, but it works. And it's gonna really help you with your lupus. And it has. So when I began hearing people spinning, this is a dangerous drug. I'm like, why would my doctor give me a dangerous drug? And so I had to investigate. And then I found out that Anthony Fauci did, um, did tests in 2005 that proved that hydroxychloroquine was an effective inhibitor of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which is really, the, 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 you know, the COVID that we're dealing with right now is 
is um, it's a growth. It's it's sort of you know a, it's a, a different guy. kind of strain, <laughs> right? And hydroxychloroquine, he knew that it worked, but of course nobody's going to make any money off a drug that's been around for sixty years, FDA approved. Nobody makes the big billions of dollars. Um, I just read an article today. They've made billions of dollars on the vaccines, and now they've made billion billions of dollars on another drug called uh, Plaxid or something. Plaxivil, yeah, um, and and that's for when you get COVID because the vaccines didn't work. So you you get you make millions of dollars giving the vaccine that doesn't work, and you know Joe Biden's had um, COVID now. Um, three times or whatever, and he's four times jabbed. He still has it. He's in, you know, he's gone. He's he's having his naps and stuff and all his jello and whatnot. Um, <laughs> he's having that in the privacy of his own uh, White House right now. And, and clearly he's the one. We have clips of him. We air all the time. If you get these vaccines, you will not get COVID. Not get- okay, that was a lie. <laughs> and you will not die. Now, thousands and thousands of people have died after their third and fourth jabs, sometimes because of the jabs, but sometimes it's still because of COVID. So what a joke this is on the planet. And I don't get taken down off Facebook. Everybody, you can see that this is on Facebook. Do you know why, Josie? Because you can fact check. They've already fact checked all my stuff. I say it almost every day. It's true. I'm not making it up. This is the information that I get from the data and the latest facts. These vaccines are harmful and they are literally finding things in the veins of the people that have died and they have their postmortem, you know, sort of um, discovery. And what do they find? That their veins are full of something that, that these guys have never seen. We've got a problem. And anybody who wants to force this, uh, pretty much they'll be held responsible because be, because Pfizer will not go into countries. Did you know this, Josie? They won't go into countries where they can't get, um, what do you call that when you don't have culpability in it? Like when Pfizer c- cannot get immunity from being sued, indemnity yes. from being sued, yes. they don't, oh, you can't get it then because <laughs> we don't want that because thousands of people are dying from your vaccines. So right. they go here and what what's happening now? Well, who's responsible? Um, nobody's forcing these companies to make you get this vaccine. It's politically correct. They've been told they are actually have probably received funds. Most likely the churches in Canada were offered funds, many thousands of dollars to give the talking points, to get the vaccine and to become perhaps even better a, uh, you know, vax only church. So if you want a meeting with Jesus, you uh, get the vaccine and then please feel free. Yes, Jesus healed the lepers and hung out with all the sick people. But if you want to come to our modern day church, we prefer you have the vax. And if not, maybe sit in your unvaccinated bubble over on the left side of the church. You know, so all of this is is in pure insanity and people are dying. People are being harmed. And it's just a politically incorrect thing not to stand you know, and, and speak up, but most likely they've been paid a lot of money to be silenced. Most likely if it's not true, just let me know. I'll certainly apologize for saying it. (laughs) No, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I feel like, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I, my employer is responsible for my safety. And if they put in a policy that is unsafe, I expect them to do the check. 
That's right. And I expect them to hear my concerns. I expect them to look at my concerns. I expect them to respect me as you know, a woman in childbearing years who has different plans for her life than to devote her entire life to Canada Post, you know? And I think a lot of employees feel that way. But then a lot of employees are like, listen, I was a year or two away from retirement. I'm just going to retire now, you know? All these people had to make decisions that that they probably didn't wouldn't have made otherwise and and i think it's not just the harm that it's doing to the people it's also the division that it's created for every single person i mean even in even in my own neighborhood sometimes i walk around and you know used to walk my dog with certain people and i just see that there's a cold distance from some people sometimes you know and it's okay but at the end of the day you know this, this has been fostered and 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 this has been done um, very strategically. And, you know, I like to think of myself as a pretty strategic person to be doing what we're doing right now. But for me, I, I just don't see what, what, where the benefit is unless there is a payout somewhere. Um, well, so, yeah. it's very strange. And now Canada wants to have you getting, because the shots don't work, because the any immunity offered by them, which is minimal and stupid, and now based on the original COVID um, virus. So it doesn't hit Omicron and they, and now we have all B5 or whatever. So they still want you to have a vaccine every nine months in Canada. It's ridiculous. And that's because Justin Trudeau ordered enough vaccines for uh, 10 per person in Canada. And about 10 million people are holding out and are refusing that. And let's also not forget that all the information has come out about doctors who have had a fake vax pass. How do you like that? The doctors who are saying, hey, have you got your shot yet? And giving you the shot, those doctors, yes, they got fake vax passes and so have thousands and thousands, and I I dare say it could be a million or more people have gotten fake vax passes, not to mention a whole bunch of people have gotten the saline solution because we're still in trials. I've had all kinds of expert doctors on this. I always ask them, do you know, do you think we've got saline solution? They say, absolutely we do. There's a certain number of saline solution uh, batches so that not everyone's got it. Well, that makes the statistics even worse that there's a few bad batches and we've had this many harms. Um, Something's very wrong. Someone has to pay for somebody not being able to do their job anymore for the rest of their life. Pilots are now taking to task their organizations because they can no longer fly because they've been injured and harmed and they're forming blood clots and they can no longer be a pilot. That's pretty serious. It is. And to be honest, I can't wait to get together with the other folks that um, our lawyers are presenting as well and uh, really come together as a group and try to stand together, not only because we're all federal employees, but all Canadians need to know that, you know, the West Trey incident that happened in 1992 that killed 26 workers, uh, that set uh, precedence in 2004 when they created laws around it that you can not only uh, hold the corporation your employer uh, criminally but civilly liable as well meaning that you can civilly um, you know create a lawsuit but also it touches the criminal code because these places have to then uh, go through a rehabilitation program so 
um, if corporations are found guilty through the West Trey law, not only would they have to pay fines, but every single person who directs work, which is pretty much any supervisor or any manager of a team, uh, would be held accountable. And any uh, and the corporation would also be held accountable because they would have to show a rehabilitation plan. How will you rehabilitate yourself? So that's why Postseeds for Freedom is really pushing um, to get this Westray uh, law and to ensure that we um, have everything we need because we know we meet all of the definitions for Westray. We know that as a group, we um, we know that this is a, a, a home run. However, we want to make sure that everybody else in federal uh, workplaces understand that this law applies to you. Anybody who's um, who was mandated in a workplace, this law applies to you. You don't have to be a federal employee. And so if the mandates were to come back, we all need to stand up and refuse dangerous work and uh, pull the West Trey card. And it's not because we want to um, arm everyone with this. And, you know, when we come, when, when the mandates come back, we should all do this and, and panic. But what we want to do is we want to share how the employer is responsible for your safety and how this is the way that we fight back as Canadians. We, we, we fight back against the corporations because the government has pinned its corporations against its people by, by making them put a mandate in the workplace and has left the corporations high and dry by telling them that they are responsible no matter what and that um, you know they make their own decision, but they must have a policy in place. Uh, that mandates vaccination. So the government has left all corporations open to liability. There is no liability upon the vaccine makers and everything is on the corporations and the employers who are doing this right now. So in Canada, we really need to understand and, and look this law up. It's section 217.1 of the labor code and or sorry, of the criminal code. And it's a law that every Canadian uh, can can utilize in this instance because it is the on a macro level this is worse than West Trey was, and um, you know this is like I said it's Please the way describe to describe West Trey. Can you can you just give us just a, a what happened? I don't know about it. Yes, yeah, so in 1992 in uh, in Nova Scotia, there was uh, a mine uh, that was there was mine workers. There was methane gas that built up in the mine, and 26 workers ended up dying. And as a result of this incident in 2004, um, well, there was a public inquiry after the West Trade incidents uh, in the 90s. And then what happened was in 2004 they brought in this new law that criminally held responsible uh, corporations or employers who did not do their due diligence or who grossly neglected the safety of their employees. And this is a gross neglect when your employees are raising concerns, when your employees are bringing forward uh, court ordered documents for you to look at because there is a concern for fatal injuries. This is something that must be taken seriously. And according to Westray, this is the reason why this law was brought in. So that is why Postseeds for Freedom is not only um, suing for human rights violations, but we are hoping to hold them accountable criminally using Westray. Well, 100%. If not for this, I don't know for what because. This is epic. And uh, when you look in Israel, my Israel contact, uh, he is amazing. And he's up on the latest science. And he says, 
they're, you know, up to their fifth shot and everyone's refusing it. And he said, everyone knows someone who's dead. The, we have, we have an epic problem on our hands. If you watch this show every day, you'll know about it, you know? And um, I, I do not see how employers under, do not understand that they're going to be held responsible when somebody dies or is harmed or has a permanent injury because you have forced them to do something. Like what about the Nuremberg Code, right? The Nuremberg Code spells out at no time, ever, 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 may anybody do anything to you medically without your consent. How have we forgotten that? And if we forget the past, we're doomed to repeat it. So, well, I just thank you, Josie, and I hope that you'll come back um, by all means, I would love if there to. are others, yes, if there are others who would like to speak as well, you could come on together and let me know how it's going. And we just hope, we really do hope that we can all come together, understand each other, understand the science and the data and act according to that because we have a problem, Houston. So... Thank you, Josie. Thanks for sharing. Uh, have, have I missed anything? I'll give you the last word. No, you've you've covered everything. Thank you so much, Laura Lynn. I just want to finish off by saying that, you know, Posties for Freedom is here for any employees, any Canada Post employees looking for support. We're not just doing a lawsuit. We're a community of people that get together a couple times a week. And if you're just going through anything hard, go to our um, website, postiesforfreedom.ca, visit us. And, you know, we are not the enemy. We're here to just support anybody. We don't care what your status is. We just care that we want to be there for you and be a family. Well, you're one of the most adorable people we've ever had on. And so Josie, nobody should be afraid of you. You're a good person <laughs> and you're trying to do something very courageous. And I truly do honor that. Thank God for you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Okay. It takes a certain kind of moxie to be able to look at everything that she's dealing with in the face and do something about it. I absolutely love it. Okay, I've got a couple things to show you uh, before we move on. Um, and before I let you go today, oh dear, I completely lost my place. I was looking around for some of the drama that was going on today, but I think I've got it. Okay, so could we go to video number 22? This is um, a TikTok video, a man red-pilled during COVID about the truth about the world. What's going on? Take a look. You want to know something interesting? Before COVID, I consider myself more of a liberal than a conservative. But during COVID, I did a lot of research. It took me down a lot of different rabbit holes. And this is what I discovered. And it's clear to see. It's clear as day now. You can see it. The liberal agenda is to destroy the innocence and boundaries of children while denying reality by pacifying the imbalanced emotions of people with mental illness. This is what's happening right now. These are some of the reasons why America is destroying itself from the inside out right now. Not all of the reasons, but some of the reasons. I'm more aligned with conservative views than liberal views today. And I'm blown away by that myself. I like that guy. I like when everything changes around. Let's go to number 24. This is some powerful testimony from Dr. Esvelt about COVID. Take a look. So 
The question is, if they were not intending to determine whether a novel recombinant event between these coronaviruses could lead to something that might kill millions of people, then why were they doing it? If there was no chance that it would come up with a result that looked like it was more dangerous, what's the point? What's the scientific hypothesis? So again, whatever you call it, what they were trying to do was identify a biological agent that has a good chance of being able to kill millions of people if released. And they shared the description of what they did and they shared the genome sequence because they thought that this would make us safer because they think that knowing which viruses in nature might cause pandemics makes us safer. They did not consider the security risks. And it's worth noting that both USAID and NIH funded those particular coronavirus chimera studies. USAID, to my understanding, has since disavowed those chimeric recombination studies and announced that they will only focus on finding natural pandemic-capable viruses, which is at least a step in the right direction. But again, I would call that gain-of-function. Another reasonable scientist would say, no, that's not gain-of-function because the term is so ill-defined. Hmm. So there's a couple rock stars in the United States of America. One of them is Senator Rand Paul, and he is holding hearings on gain of function. What's going on with it? What is it? Uh, how can you clearly show gain of function is going on? And Dr. Anthony Fauci can simply, no, that is not gain of function. You are you're misquoting. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever Dr. Anthony Fauci says, we don't care. He's a liar. All right. So uh, I'd like to go to number 23 now. The WEF agenda uh, contributor says, why should you own a cell phone if you can just lease it? We don't want you to own anything. Take a look. And the four, third thing I will point to is a very big move that's happening at the moment from product to service. I have a friend, he says, every product is a service waiting to happen. If you think about it, I mean, your cell phone, why, why do you want to own your cell phone? Does, how, how many of you own your cell phones? How many knows if the company owns it? It's actually not a lot. I mean, you want the, you want the function, you want the service, right? Why do you want to own a cell phone if you can just lease it? And if you lease, why, why shouldn't you lease your refrigerator or your washing machine or your dishwasher? Or why do you want to own it? Exactly. Like got my hair caught in my glasses <laughs> to fix that. Yeah. Why do you want to own it? Do you, do you really want to own your home or your car and stuff? No, no, no. We'll, you know, it's such a hassle. So we'll just take care of it for you. You'll own nothing. It'll be awesome. And you know, if your cell phone breaks down, we'll just have a, a little machine fly a new one to your home. It'd be super cool. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even have to work. <laughs> we'll take care of you. Very minimal, of course, what you'll get, but it's enough to function. And once in a while, go out to McDonald's and have a little treat. And maybe, you know, get a gift for your mom when it's Mother's Day. But um, live well within your means. We'll take care of you. All right. And a machine will do your job. It'll be beautiful. All right, so how about number 68? Uh, so I think this is a website, Controversy Sparks as Spain bans air conditioning 
from dropping below 27 Celsius in the summer, which is, is that 68 JT? Uh, so um, they, they don't want you using too much of your air conditioning. Um, there are places in the world now that are beginning to implement that they're gonna watch how much uh, energy that you're using. And if you're using too much energy, you're just gonna be in all kinds of trouble. So that's all the monitoring that's going on. And that's why they'd like to have this digital ID. <clears throat> Eventually they'll be able to tell, you know, they'll be able to tell uh, everything that's happening. Uh, so we, let's, um, yeah, I'm just gonna scrap that and uh, say goodbye to y'all. Thank you so much. This is uh, Laura Lynn Live. It's lauralynn.tv. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for your beautiful notes, for your love, your kindness. Um, we're going through lots and we're sharing information as much as we can. We're trying to help one another. I hope that you'll just sit, stay very strong because God's got us. And in Canada, we're pretty concerned about being the only country for Pete's sake that is got this stupid arrive can and they're talking about implementing you know more measures in the fall we'll see how that pans out as we prepare for the seventh wave um what was it uh, jt i think you were telling me something that was very fascinating i was looking at the tweets today tedros oh yes that's it that's exactly oh do we have the tedros one where we don't think that Tedros has uh, got the shots, guys. Come on, Tedros of of the UN, right? No, the WHO. He's a is he? He's the WHO. Yeah. Do we have that? Maybe we don't. So there's there's this video out there, and somebody said, "So I'd like to talk to you about your shots. Uh, when when did you get your first one?" And he's basically saying he hasn't because. His heart is with his African brothers and sisters, and if they haven't been able to get them, then he's not taking it. <laughs> I mean, does it get any crazier? I don't know if it does. So I thank you, everybody. Um, amazing things are happening, and we're going to get through it. We're trying to figure out all the ways and the means to have peace in this world whilst knowing that there are those that have extreme harm planned for our dear humanity, it's not good at all. So I'd like to leave you with this scripture today. And uh, do you know that there's 31 Proverbs? And uh, if you just read one proverb a day, you will get through it every month. And if you do that every year, you will actually end up being brilliant. And Solomon wrote the Proverbs, and it has all kinds of amazing information that will tell you how to live, how to be a righteous person, not to lie, not to covet, not to steal, to be a person that is uh, valid and good and kind to humanity 
I'm gonna get these other glasses on because those ones like look like they were I don't know they looked kind of musty my husband's glasses always I don't know how he wears them like that I know yeah these are mine I'm just saying I'm talking about yours never want to wear yours because it's always got all these fingerprints all over it. so are those okay all right whoever loves discipline loves knowledge but whoever hates correction is stupid is that okay for the Bible to call people stupid whoever hates correction is stupid it's kind of like God and Solomon they didn't waste their words they didn't try to be all polite about it just kind of let you know good people obtain favor from the Lord but he condemns those who devise wicked schemes you're not someone who devises wicked schemes are you government authorities you wouldn't be doing that right you wouldn't take money and lie to people no one can be established through wickedness but the righteous cannot be uprooted you know who's got our back God if we're on the right side he's got us I like this a wife of noble character is her husband's crown right huh? but a disgraceful wife is like a decay in his bones which one would you say that I am noble he said noble so it's all good the plans of the righteous are just but the advice of the wicked is stupid. No, just kidding. It says, is deceitful. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the speech of the upright rescues them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous stands firm. Do you see a pattern here? Make good decisions, be a good person, walk uprightly, do what's right, and everything's okay. But if you decide that you're going to be wicked and stupid, God will take you down. A person is praised according to their prudence, and with a warped mind, they are despised. Better to be a nobody and yet have a servant than to pretend to be a somebody and have no food. That's talking about being pretenders. Don't be a pretender in this life. See you tomorrow, everybody. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.